Hello, Zach Gerber here, your friendly neighborhood executive producer. Today, we are talking about GameStop and money, which means I have to read you a disclaimer so you can't sue us. Here goes. The views expressed in this content are for informational purposes only and are not intended to provide financial, insurance, legal, accounting, or tax advice and should not be construed as such. You have been warned. And now, back to our regular programming. Hello, and welcome to The Canadian Story, where we discuss what Canada is, what Canada could be, and what Canada should be. Hello, and welcome to The Canadian Story. I'm pleased to have Andre Litmanenko back. Uh, he is currently serving as a wartime correspondent on the front lines of Reddit's attempt to take on the oligarchy. So, uh, Andre, tell us uh, first what's happening. This, this is my uh, third time being a meme wartime correspondent. I did uh, two deployments in the presidential U.S. presidential campaigns in 2016, 2020. Uh, there were casualties on both sides, but the memes were of perfection. The memes were were beautiful. <laughs> exactly. Now now we're to apes together strong, diamond hands, hold the door. Uh, there's a lot of good ones coming out of this. Uh, yeah, let's let's jump right into it because uh, a lot has happened uh, just in the last 24 hours alone. So we're in the midst of what a lot of people may be hearing in the media uh, called a short squeeze or uh, WSB, Wall Street bats or Reddit trolls or Reddit users taking on the man, taking on Wall Street. Uh, uh, trillions, sorry, billions of dollars are being lost by hedge funds. And so let's, let's try to unpack uh, all this stuff. So very quickly, there is this gaming store. It's, uh, uh, it's called GameStop. And it's one of the largest video game retailers in the United States. They have about 5,000 locations coast to coast. In Canada, we and might in Canada. Be, yeah. So in Canada, we're more familiar with them under the name of EB Games, but it's it's effectively the same uh, entity. And a bunch of hedge fund, uh, uh, you know, investors somewhere in 2019 looked at this and they said, "This is the next blockbuster. Everything's moving digital. All of the major video game uh, companies or the producers of the consoles, Microsoft for the uh, Xbox, Sony for the PlayStation." They're allowing gamers to sit on the couch from the comfort of their home and download the games directly. So why would you need to go into a store? They're going to go like Blockbuster. People aren't going to come in. So they started doing something that's called shorting a stock. When you're shorting a stock, you're basically making a bet that in the future, what you're paying for the for the share is going to be less than what you paid on the day that you more, purchased it. More. It's going to be more. No, no, no. Short, shorting is oh, less. Oh, shorting. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Shorting is less. So, so let's use simple numbers. Let's say the the price of GameStop in 2019 was 20 bucks, and I'm thinking this company is going to zero. They're going to bankrupt. They're going to have to shutter every single store and fire every single employee. I think I can get buy this for two bucks in a year from now. So instead of uh, uh, let's say buying a share in their competitor and hoping that as GameStop goes down and Microsoft sales go up, that I'll gain value over there. I'm going to try to do what's called a derivative uh, speculative investment, where I will try to get the value of something derived from an underlying asset. Think of your, your, your house. Your house is an asset. A share, stock in a company, is an asset. So the value of it is derived from that share. And instead of buying the share, 
you're going to go to someone else. I'm going to go to you, David. I'm going to say, look, I'm going to borrow your share. It's worth $20 today. I'm going to give you $20. But if a year from now it's worth uh, $2, I'm going to give you back the share. I'm going to buy it for $2 and I keep the $18. And so you can quickly see that the more the price goes down, if my speculation is correct, the more money I make. Well, what happened with GameStop is that so many hedge funds got into this and they got so overzealous, they shorted the available amount of stock by 140%. What that means is even if every single share that exists was, was sold, whether it's a day or for 10 days, whatever, there'd be 40% extra uh, contracts than there are actual shares. There's something called uh, a naked short selling. Uh, and it, you know, in the Securities Commission of the U.S., it's also illegal, but whatever, we'll get, we'll get to that uh, uh, eventually. Uh, these individuals got upset. They got livid because they saw this as pure, unadulterated greed. Here are these individuals who didn't get enough of the benefits in 2007 when they all made speculative plays. They leached off of the American public. They directly contributed to those individuals losing their homes through predatory lending and giving loans to individuals who had no business with home uh, ownership or giving them second and third mortgages for additional properties. The housing market crashed. That was the 2007 crisis. It hit Canada. It hit Europe in 2009. Trillions of dollars were, were lost. People lost their homes. They had lost their jobs. Significant economic impact. And what happened? The government bailed out the hedge funds, the, the, uh, the, the banks, the insurance companies. At the end of the day, only a couple went under. And I think only one or two individuals went to jail uh, over all this. They, they not only used these government bailouts, bailouts that you as a taxpayer paid for, to stop the bleeding in their companies, they also gave themselves severance packages. Now, I don't mean a couple of bucks. They, they got golden parachutes. So imagine this resentment building for 13, 14 years, these individuals all across the US and Canada and across the world seeing that the financial system just keeps screwing the little guy. No matter what happens, they screw up the system because they get too greedy, they create these bubbles, they create these recessions, and then we get stuck holding the bag because it's our taxpayer dollars that, that bail them out. Something broke the straw uh, on the camel's back with, with what was going on with GME. And these individuals, in uh, WSB, they came up with a plan. They said, look, eventually these shorts will become due. And what that means is when you buy a short, you're buying a contract that has a certain expiration date, which says, like I said before, David, I'm borrowing this from you. I'm going to give it back to you. I have to give it back to you by a certain date. So what the WSB community started doing is they started, they started saying, look, if we can start raising the price up, that means when Andre has to go and give that share back to David, he's going to be forced to buy it at a higher price. So originally, Andre was thinking, okay, I'm going to buy this from David for $20. I think it's going to go down to $2. I'm going to pocket $18 of difference. But if they make the price go up to $35, $40, $100, $150, $500, when that expiration comes due, I now have to buy it for whatever the market rate is and give the share back to David. So instead of walking away with $18 of profit per share, I might have to walk away with a $450 loss for every single share. And if I don't uh, uh, finish the contract on the due date, I'm still on the hook. I still have to finish it. But every day that I, that I do not, 
I pay penalties. And so I can keep trying to hope that, okay, maybe the price will go down, maybe the price will go down, but you're paying money every single day and you're still on the hook to give that share back with, with the, uh, the, the difference at the end of the day. So they started collecting the community, trying to socialize this idea. And it's really important here to understand there's no one leader in the WSB community. There's no one guy or gal that's saying, this is the plan. It's, a, it, it's, it's organized chaos in a certain way. It's a bunch of people saying, I think this is the next new hot stock. And a bunch of people saying like, no, I think this is. Why? Because my memes uh, justify that this stock should be worth well, and two times. It's not just that. It's not just yeah. that. There's, it's, it's a mix. But that's what you that you're looking for the diamond in the rough. The, re, the people don't go to Wall Street bets just for the memes. They love the memes. They come for the memes, but they stay for the money. Yeah, and they like, stay I for the due diligence. For Wall Street bets for a long time, right? And the thing that I found was they called Tesla at a hundred bucks. Tesla now is the equivalent after the share split. So what happened was every share of Tesla you had split into five shares, but they they called it at 100 before the split it's now at 4000 before the split if you if you take the split out so these guys have been called these guys have been making each other a lot of money for the last 7 8 years tesla is arguably the first meme stock right yeah absolutely so there's definitely a healthy mix of individuals who know what they're doing uh, those that are you know kind of in between and those that are just kind of along for for the ride so what started happening about a couple of weeks ago is uh, at some point, these individuals just collectively said, you know what, we're going to pull the trigger. Everyone start buying now. Buying shares works to the same principles like buying anything else in the market. It accords to the laws of supply and demand. When there's more people that are willing to buy something, the price is going to go up. Think about the housing market. When you have multiple offers on a house, you're probably going to get a higher price at the end of the day than if you only had one person offering. By the same logic, if there's more people looking to sell than there is to buy, the price is going to go down. So the, the logic was very clear to these people. If we all start buying, doesn't matter what the price is, just, just buy. If you have money available, just buy. The price will go up and up and up. And then these short contracts will come due. And they'll have two, two options to make. Either they can take the loss for, for what is on that day, or they can continue deferring their option to pay down you know, to the next day, to the next day, to the next day, and keep paying the daily losses. So six or so months ago, GameStop was trading at $3. People started accumulating shares. For three bucks, you can buy a lot of shares. Then some, num some good news started coming out because the, the important thing to, uh, to here to note is it's not that GameStop was sitting on its hands waiting for it to wither and die as a company. It looked at what's going on and decided, you know what, we need to focus on uh, electronic sales. Well, we this, might be a good, sales. A good, this might be a good time to talk about Ryan Cohen, right? Sure. Uh, you know, uh, so Ryan Cohen uh, founded a company called Chewy, and Chewy actually beat Amazon in a niche market, which is pet supplies. They're the bit largest pet supply company in the world, and uh, and and pet supply is a very generic um, sector of the economy. So when you're when you're d dominating in in something like pet supplies, you're doing something right. So people get. But so what happens is Ryan Cohen buys 9% of the company and he only bought 9% because if you buy more than that, then there's rules, then you're an insider, right? Yeah. So he bought 9% at about, I think, $6, maybe it was $7. And then he wrote a letter to GameStop saying, you have value in this company. You don't need to let this American company die. We can, we can fix this American company, but here are the things you need to do. 
and he, and you can uh, we'll we'll include the uh, the link to the letter in the episode notes. But suffice to say, that was what galvanized redditors. Because what do redditors believe in? Memes and symbols, right? And what is a and what is more of a symbol than someone who has achieved billionaire status before they're even thirty five? Yeah, and and I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm. I'm fairly certain that it was him joining the board and the announcement in that letter, which is what gave that first initial bump to, to, to GameStop. I think it went from like 13 to $18 or, or whatever. And like I said, it used to be three bucks a couple months ago. So that's, that's already a huge increase. The very next week, or maybe it was a week and a half after he joined the board, it went up to uh, $30 or $35. They went up to $40. And, th- and this is where the WSB community started to get uh, uh, some kind of weird social energy where individuals just started being drawn into particular threads where they saw, holy crap, what we were talking about is working. All of us are buying and none of us are selling. And then from 40 on, I think, uh, Thursday or Friday of two weeks ago, the next Monday, it went up to 180 or 200 or something like that. The subsequent day, it went up to about 350. The day after that, it reached the high of 450. And Thursday morning, uh, before the markets opened, because I, I was awake at that time, I saw it hit 500. <laughs> and 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 this this was exactly. The and we plan. were all watching this together, right? This this was this was. And we'll, we'll we'll get to this uh, a, a bit later. But this this was an event that regular folk were participating in, either as individuals buying shares or watching what was going on around the entire world. Because it caught, it, it went into the media pretty quick. And at first, the media was unaware as to what happened. It was like, oh, these uh, bunch of Reddit trolls, they're pumping up this stock. It went up, you know, 100%, 300% in a single day. They kind of wrote it off as, you know, the people, the plebs are going to do what they always do. They're going to get uh, ramped up about tulips. something. They're like, oh, this is tulips. It's just like tulip mania. They don't understand the math behind it. Yeah. Uh, so it was this very dismissive if uh, if if not uh, uh, patronizing, and if, if a degree of condemnation of these Reddit uh, trolls, as if well, what they're doing is you know highly speculative. Maybe it's collusion, and it could be very risky uh, to the market. The same folks who ran cover for the governments and for the banks and the rating agencies and the insurers and the hedge funds that ran the American economy into the ground, which had impacts in Canada, which also had impacts in Europe, are now they have the gall to say, hey, look, these couple of uh, uh, folks on this online community are all really buying this stock because they believe uh, in what it's about. And that's risky. They're, they're the ones that maybe we should contemplate regulating more. That was, the, that was the narrative in the news the first couple of days. And what was really interesting is when the media talked about the investments or the purchases that the WSB uh, community is doing, they didn't use the words investments or purchases. They said bets. They're betting. Yeah. And the yeah. connotation of that is negative. They're gambling. They don't know what they're doing. They're, they're, they're just following some kind of instinct and there's a risk here. It could spread to the rest of the market. Now, when uh, institutions like JP Morgan or whatever pump and dump a stock, that's not a bet. That's an investment. That's, that's them propping up the economy. They're doing their part. At the very beginning, even from the language that was being used, we could see the early stages that the hedge funds behind that money were getting a little worried. And they're already calling up their buddies, whether it was in the media or, or at the White House. We had a report, I think, on Tuesday of last week, where all of a sudden the White House was stepping in just to say, we're a prize of the situation. We're following it. 
what does uh, what what do politicians have to do with a particular stock? Some stocks will go up two, three hundred percent some days. No one bats an eyelash. That's that's how the market works. You either get in on time or you, or you don't. That's one of the reasons why it's it's a very difficult uh, discipline. But the issue here wasn't that it was just any stock. It was a stock where billions of dollars of hedge funds or the elites' money was being lost every single day. In that second week of trading, Melvin Capital, who is a, one of the, I don't know if it's kind of like a mid-level uh, a hedge fund, they have about 13 billion US dollars of assets. They lost 30% in a single day. By Tuesday of the second week, they they just pulled out of GameStop. They they so they took their losses and uh, they they uh, covered their position. They had to be bailed out by Point72 and Citadel, which are two other uh, uh, hedge funds. And this is where things start getting really interesting. Now we're moving from Tuesday into Wednesday of last week. This is when GameStop and a few other stocks, uh, American Media Corporation, so a- AMC, uh, BlackBerry, a little bit, Nokia. Uh, Bed Bath and Beyond, and a few others that this WSB community noticed that were being overly aggressively shorted by these hedge funds, and so they were encouraging their their members to also uh, buy them. They also start going up significant amounts, two, three hundred percent in a single day. And then what happens on Wednesday afternoon after these gains? Gains. Ameritrade TD says, you know what? We're going to start restricting trades in these places. People go to sleep, they wake up in, in, the, in the morning, and Robinhood, which is a uh, basically an investment platform that's very popular for retail investors. Retail investors are folks like, like you and me. We don't have millions of dollars to give to uh, a fancy financial advisor. We just do it on our smartphones. Robinhood comes out and says, we're going to restrict trading. Not, not on the market, not because the uh, Securities Commission has said, look, there's instability, there's a bubble, we need to protect everyone's money. No, only the stocks that the hedge funds are bleeding tens of billions of dollars on. And they didn't completely restrict it. They didn't say, oh, you can't buy and you can't sell. We're just going to freeze the market. We're going to uh, you know, allow things to reassess, calm down, come back to it in a month. They only froze the ability to buy. And so what do we just talk about? S- uh, supply and demand. When you can't buy something and you can only sell what's going to happen to the price, it's going to go down. The whole strategy behind uh, Wall Street bets was we're all going to buy and none of us are going to sell. But now if the only thing that you can do is, is sell and you're not a sophisticated uh, uh, trader, you just, you're just trying to participate and you start seeing the price go down and down and down and down. Thursday, the price uh, opened at around 400. It went to 450, 480 and then plummeted to 120 or 180. And that's, that's the point. Because people see that drop and they think, okay, this is over. Uh, it was a fun ride. I'm already down a couple thousand dollars. I'm going to sell my shares. And that's the point because every time someone sells their shares, the hedge funds are able to go in. They'll buy that share from you. Because be, before, they would have to pay $500 for it. But they scared you. And they're able to buy it for 120 They might still be taking a loss. But now instead of uh, having a $400 loss, they've maybe reduced it to $100. That became the prime strategy. We started seeing in the media, in the trading platforms, this consistent and and targeted strategy trying to tell individuals that these stocks are risky, they're dangerous, don't buy them. If you have the ability, don't don't buy them. Obviously, people can trade, change platforms. They can go from Robinhood to, uh, in Canada, we have Wealth Simple. I don't know what the other American ones are. Uh, They can transfer stuff into a different bank. If they already have another platform, they can use that as well. They can tell their friends to uh, purchase stuff, but they're constantly being told, don't do it. It's risky. It's these uh, uh, radical 
and then this was another interesting part, they started trying to peg the WSB group, which has no leadership, has no central philosophy, has no one group directing them, saying that some kind of group of alt-right individuals or that there's some yeah, kinds that of was ridiculous. radicals. That was yeah. totally ridiculous. And, and, and it was this clear concentration. These, these reports were not coming out from some random uh, uh, media organization. It was front news on CNBC. Every, every couple of minutes, they were mentioning stories about it. They had financial personalities like Jim Cramer coming out and saying like, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a short squeeze for sure. That's a potential here. But, you know, it's already happened. People should sell their position. Take your winnings and go home. When you read between the lines, they were saying sell, sell, sell. And why were they saying sell, 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 Andre? Like, what, what is the reason for that? So th- this, this is where, you know, we talked a little bit about what's been happening. What's much more important is why what's been happening is important. For decades, since, since, since the 70s, where we basically made this decision to go off the gold standard and, we, and economies like Canada and the States started creating financial services, starting creating derivatives, we split our economy into two. There was the real economy that 99% of Canadians exist in. That's all, all that we really know. That is brick and mortar. We produce widgets, things that we can see, touch, feel, taste if we're inclined to lick it. Uh, and then there's the financial markets. That's where you might hear in the news sometimes, oh, uh, there was uh, $3 trillion wiped out yesterday. But hold on, uh, everyone still has a job in my yeah, community. Like, what, what Everything, the, the electricity is <laughs> still on. $3 trillion, <laughs> it sounds like a lot of money. <laughs> that money never existed. When, when, when central banks do things like quantitative easing, which is basically t- they tell the banks, look, uh, the current law says for every 10 bucks that you have uh, uh, in the bank vault, you're allowed to lend nine of those dollars out. And you always have to keep one on the reserve. So in order to put more stimulus into the economy, the central bank will say, okay, instead of $1, keep half a dollar. You can lend out that extra 50 cents. And in the last 20, 30 years, we've taken that down lower and lower. Okay, you can keep 25 cents, 10 cents, 5 cents. Loan, loan the so, rest yeah, out. So basically, they're, lo- they're loaning out at 20 times what they have in the bank. Yes. That, that's where the, the phrase comes, you know, the run on the banks. That's the issue because no bank in, in history really had all of its assets. The, the way a bank works is you deposit your stuff, the loan a certain amount, they'll make profit on that. And they're betting that no one, not, not everyone's going to come on the same day at the same time and say, hey, I'd like my checking checkings account and my investments withdrawn full in cash. They don't have the cash. Now, to be very clear, I'm not trying to incite a run on the banks or, or, or anything like that. I'm just trying to explain how this stuff works. So our economy has been pumped full and full of these fake synthetic dollars because their value is derived in, in these derivatives of some kind. Someone is saying like, hold on, I have assets. I have these options to purchase this particular asset. It's worth this much. I have uh, the, the, if you watch the big short where it gets really interesting, this is one of the reasons the 2007 crisis happened. The big banks, hedge funds, and other institutions weren't happy enough with using derivatives. So derivatives, the key difference between the, the derivative market and the stock market is the stock market is in the trading of assets, things that exist. If I buy a house and the market crashes and the house goes down to zero, I still have a house. The market can come back and I can go back and make a profit. Same thing with the stock. The stock can go down to zero dollars. If I don't sell it, I technically haven't lost any money. The, the company can bounce back and I can make a profit. Derivatives are the complete opposite. 
you're making a bet. If your bet is wrong, you'll lose the money that you paid in and you could lose even more money, for example, of the short, the, the, the difference that it went uh, uh, over. So in this derivative market, more and more money is being created because more and more bets are being made. And we start getting into more complex products where people will bet on bets. So they'll say, okay, uh, you might say, uh, I saw that Andre shorted this. I'm, I want someone to sell me a product where I'm betting on the outcome of Andre's bet. And if he's right, I'm going to make money. Or maybe you want to bet that I'm wrong or whatever. That's how we got into the, the housing market, correct? <laughs> I like how you phrase that. I like how you phrase yeah, that. Yeah, because it's absolutely insane. So for, for us as regular folk, when we, when we listen to the media and they say, oh, these uh, record high uh, um, production numbers, profits from these companies, our median salaries have not gone up in Canada or, or in the States. The average individual has has not felt has less has, has less. less. You're absolutely correct. Has less now than they did 20 years ago in terms of overall purchasing power. But we hear all the time uh, rec- the the Nasdaq is at an all time high. The uh, banks are posting uh, billion dollar profits every every single year, even though they're sending you a yearly flyer saying like, look, times are tough. We got to charge you a couple extra bucks so you ac- you can access your money that we're using to make those billions of dollars. But you know, we all got to <laughs> tighten our belts, right? It is yep. an abs- it's it's an absolute madhouse what the financial sector has become. It is not at all tied to our actual economy to the things that we produce. They're not job creators anymore. Exactly, they are not job creators. They have become parasites on the economy in the sense that, one, they're, they're leeching this money. They're making some individuals incredibly wealthy or those that are already wealthy, even more wealthy, but they're not giving anything back. And, and obviously, some people are, are employed as financial advisors as, uh, and banks and that kind of stuff. And those people spend money and that creates some jobs. But in terms of the overall amount of wealth, the trillions of dollars that are being created by financial markets, that is not coming down into the factories. Something that's been happening in the last couple of years that I found particularly perverse is companies, irrespective of what they uh, produce, whether it's it's cars or, or washing machines, they will have portions of their revenue that they will dedicate to investments. What business a car manufacturer has in betting on the stock market, I don't know. They're, they're not there. If, if they have so much money that they're creating that kind of profit, they should either reduce their costs, pay their employees more, or pay their shareholders a dividend, but trying to keep some of that money while they're also saying like, look, we can't pay labor more and instigating all kinds of union labor crises that our politicians then have to have to deal with and create more headaches for, for average folk. While they're also saying like, yeah, we're going to invest in the stock market and make even more money. It's very weird. It's very weird that has now become a thing where companies have individuals in charge of trying to make more money. It's a Fukazi. My, my, my goodness. So trying to unpack all this stuff and, and come a little bit more to, to why this is important, th- these individuals, uh, uh, these ultra-wealthy individuals and the institutions they use and the experts, uh, they, these objective experts, uh, they have to basically say the right things at the, at the right times to create bubbles or to collapse uh, the value of companies, they've had control over the financial system. First, it was you can't even buy a stock until you come into one of their uh, investor brokerages or a hedge fund and you pay them uh, a fairly handsome fee to manage your money. I think now it's down to 2% to manage your money on average, whether uh, what they do for you makes or uh, makes you money or loses you money, and then 20% of your profits, which is a, a pretty substantial amount. And then over time, especially you when know, we got uh, smartphones, we got better data plans and that kind of stuff. 
and this kind of technology became very accessible, you started being able to do this kind of stuff on your phone and new apps started being developed and say, you know what, none of those fees, you, you, you get all of the benefits, but we're going to charge you five bucks a trade, 10 bucks a trade. And then that competitive advantage for, for those uh, hedge funds, let's call them the money managers, went down significantly. But okay, they still have the bulk of the money. And what started happening with apps like Robinhood, hedge funds got together, they raised capital, and they created Robinhood. So the, the hedge funds that are also saying like, oh, you should invest in Robinhood, it's to democratize finance and to allow the average person to, to trade on the free market and then you know, participate in this. They're also now, they have access to your data. They have access to see who's they know trading what, when. They every trade you make. And in the terms and service agreements, they outline that they can sell your trading information for a profit, that you, you agree to that in the lead when you click the accept button. Yeah. So they, they see the, sh the shift where people are going away from their institutions to invest, and they immediately figure out a way. It's like, okay, we're going to lose some leverage. We're going to lose some control of the market, but how can we get some of that back? And data is becoming one of those big things. He who has the data can usually at least influence the, the outcome. Which is why Palantir is the company of the future, but we can talk about that on another We, we can have th a whole three-series podcast. We can have a three-series podcast confidence. on yeah. non-Palantir, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what's been happening with this situation is we are in an unprecedented time where regular individuals are losing their fear of the market. They're participating in the stock market and starting to understand like, okay, obviously this looked a little scary at first. And I didn't understand what, you know, shorts and puts and what's the difference between a stock and a derivative. But Elon Musk is talking about it. Uh, Alexandria uh, Ocasio-Cortez is talking about it. Ted Cruz is talking about it. These Ja Rule is talking about it. You know, like like Dave Chappelle once joked Mark, in one of his sets, like, what, what does Ja Rule think about this pressing social economic issue, right? What does Ja <laughs> no, think? No, no, no. no. <laughs> um, Mark Cuban went on Wall Street Bets and did a what, what's called an AMA, Ask Me Anything. And he literally said, told them, hold, they can't escape now. It's done. The, the, the shorts are finished. It, 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 yes. So it is no longer just some kind of, let's say, very, I don't know, peculiar online community that happens to already be involved in this kind of stuff anyways. And you've seen the posts that people are sharing that are joining this community. These are individuals, and I'll, I'll let you speak more to them because one, I'm going to start tearing up a little bit because this, this stuff's a little bit rough. I mean, there are individuals saying that they lost everything 13 years ago. They don't have a, a job they, anymore. They, they, they haven't, haven't been owned able a to home get a job. Since. They haven't owned a home since. Exactly. And so some people say like, yeah, you know, these people in the WSB community, uh, there are con men in the, on Wall Street, and there are also con men in on WSB. And for sure, there's, there's, there's some people, those 8 million users that are just there to make a buck. But the... If you go through what people are sharing, the, the very personal, very heart-wrenching stories, the majority of individuals are there because they don't have anything left to lose. And there was this really great parody video from that community where uh, they were putting captions over that scene in the, re in the recent rendition of the Joker movie where Joaquin Phoenix's Joker is talking to um, Robert De Niro's uh, uh, Murray uh, TV anchor. And they, the Joker character, who in that movie is portrayed as this kind of downtrodden society, doesn't care about him uh, uh, or his mental issues or that kind of stuff, embodying the WSB individuals as a whole, saying, so what if I gamble or YOLO, you only live once, my entire life savings? What's the worst that can happen? I can become more broke? 
<laughs> and and that's what I've been trying to get across to individuals who are saying like, no, no, WSB is just there to make rich. Like, yeah, yeah, there are some of those individuals. The majority of them are individuals that have no nothing to live for, really. They've had their vision taken away from them. I can really empathize even more what's, what's, what's happened in the States. They have a divided political system. They have divided racial relations. They have a divided media. If we can say a divided media so much as it's just one media constantly telling them you are divided and you should treat each other according to your skin color or to your gender or, or, or whatever. Or, or according to your politics. Or according to your politics. Uh, uh, they, they've had their civic identity taken from them. They've had their hope for a better future than their parents taken away from them. And now here's this opportunity where they see it playing out in the market. It, it isn't some get rich, uh, uh, a quick scheme. There are individuals who, who are making uh, obviously money off this, who are paying for billboards and Times Square saying, buy GME, GME go brr, which is the, like the, the money machine prints goes brr and just spins out dollars, whatever. They have, them next to, they have them next to uh, highways where all it says is, uh, will never sell, and then it's an emoji of a diamond, emoji of hands, emoji of two gorillas, and emoji of a bicep flexing. And to, to translate, memes, memes, to, to translate for those who don't speak uh, meme, uh, uh, memes or memeology, uh, uh, diamond plus hands means diamond hands. In the sense of no matter what happens in the market, the the shares you are holding, you will not let go of them. You will not sell them. Apes together strong, so two gorillas, so apes together bicep flexing strong, strong is a callback to uh, the, the reboot of the Planet of the Apes movies where uh, Caesar, who's the, the, the leader of these apes, is saying like, look, uh, these humans will try to divide us, but if we stay consolidated, they won't be able to, to uh, win over us. And so that's this kind of like ape pack herd mentality that's going on with people all over the world where they're literally repeating these phrases to one another to encourage over them. and over, over we're and talking over tens again. of thousands of comments a day so to to, to just jump back a, a moment when we were on thursday and the news broke that Amer regular americans had been blocked by the institutions to buy these shares and again it wasn't the whole market you only couldn't buy but you could sell the shares that the hedge funds were bleeding money in everyone came out this is pure if, if it's not illegal then at the very least this is unethical and immoral on that day you could see posts coming in from the entire world both on uh, the reddit community forums on twitter on facebook individuals saying don't worry we don't have the restrictions here in canada canadians are coming to help canadians are going to buy People in Norway are going to buy. People in China on Chinese platforms are going to buy. Americans saying, I'm moving my money onto a Chinese brokerage. And, you know, the, <laughs> the, the, like the, the, the context here is, and now China's going to have our stock market our money, trading information. Our, our information, yeah, yeah exactly. Our uh, data, uh, our data. Yeah, anything people could use. Thir last Thursday was an absolute frenzy. People were trying to coordinate however they could. And again, there's no leaders. There's no, like in the Occupy Wall Street uh, movement over time. There's no voice, except for, except for deep fucking value. Yeah. He, and, is, and, our, he is our champion. Yeah. So, so that, uh, uh, I don't want to say those words, but what, what Dave was talking about, that's the name of a user on, on that, uh, uh, on WSB. And there's a lot more offensive, <laughs> more offensive words. But yeah. So people started sharing screenshots. I purchased these, these, these many shares. And these aren't uh, wealthy investors. These are regular folk like you and me that maybe only have a couple of thousand dollars that they can spare, if that, but they'll buy a share or two or whatever they can spare. They want to participate 
in the movement. And 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 this is I read, I read one comment where he's like, I spend a hundred. I read one comment where he said, I spend 150 bucks on a weekend drinking. I could buy one share of GME for the revolution. Yeah. And, and that's the language that, that people without anyone trying to say, look, this is a revolution. This is a movement. People genuinely, organically, sincerely start recognizing it as such. And the, the memes comparing it, this, this is like uh, the battle for the Death Star, or this is the, the battle Lord of the Rings uh, at the gates of minister at these mythical narratives uh, the media like to use because you know they're not as good with the, the memes or pop culture references the old testament david versus goliath <laughs> archetype and really that's that's right what it is. right yeah they use they use the one that nobody knows but like lord of the rings everyone's seen that star wars everyone's seen that we have archetypical stories that we can reference and that's what memes are doing that's the iconography of memes which we'll get into later yeah, yeah. so to, 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 to keep drilling into that point of why what is happening is important Look, the whole effort for GME could completely fail. It could go down to zero. The, the hedge uh, funds uh, may be uh, proven right, whatever. It's not about the money. It's not about GME. It's about sending a message. Because going forward, all these individuals that participated or, or just followed the forums, maybe they didn't put their own money in, they just follow the story, they now have a very different understanding and perception of the market. They're not as afraid of it. They're not as intimidated. A story, a different story is being told now. A different story is being told. Yes. And I think more importantly, the elites that are in these hedge funds or the ones that are supporting them in the media or through various levers in the government, they have completely overplayed their hands. What they should have done is they should have taken the loss. They should have taken the billions, which frankly to them is drops in the bucket and just walk and just and just kept this quiet. Let, let some people take their casino winnings, but you keep the casino and you get to keep control over who comes in and who you get to kick out. Instead, they just let the mask slip and they showed to the entire world that when their backs are up against the wall, they're going to cheat. And although all those stereotypes that people were saying about 2007, you know, no one really went to jail and that kind of stuff. All of that, that maybe Wall Street thought that they put behind that maybe they, you know, somehow resuscitated their image. Everything's back. So it's not just about the shenanigans or frankly. And it's not right versus left anymore. Yes, yes. So this is an issue that the political left, the political right, everyone's behind this. It's it's like, again, you have AOC and Ted Cruz saying, we agree, let's take this to the Finance Committee and Congress. I, I, I'm not an American. I don't follow American politics that closely outside the presidential election. I don't know if that's happened before where two such staunch representatives of the, rep- of the respective sides have said, yes. Wall Street is the problem. Like, <laughs> I don't, I, I, I don't, I can't think of a time they've agreed. Yeah, you, you've had instances where the right have said, "Okay, this is too much." You have instances where the left has said, "Okay, this is too much," but you never have them on the same page at the same time. So all of this is happening, and and again, instead of the money makers just saying, "You know what? Let's just take this one into the night. Let's take the loss. We're making killings anyways." They decide to go full hog into this, and they try to throw everything. They got at the greedy. Board. They got greedy. They got greedy. Yes. So what is now happening is people are starting to, to realize and they're channeling that resentment of the last 14 years. They are more committed than, than ever. Update as to what happened in the market uh, uh, the last couple of days. So we started this week. People are still either unable to buy or they have significant restrictions. And what, what I mean by significant is they can only buy five shares or 20 shares or something like that. So you look at the prices and the prices have just been plummeting. It closed 
322 last Friday for GME. It closed yesterday at 225. It closed today at 90. So if, if you're not very familiar with the market and you're just looking at the numbers, you think like, whoa, this thing is over. Party's done. These guys have lost. I am not putting my money in. This is over. But you've got to look at the volume. What volume means is the number of shares that have been traded in that day. The more shares that are being traded, generally speaking, a price goes up because it usually reflects that there's a lot of people looking to buy something. And again, supply and demand, more buyers, price goes up. Lower volume, there's usually people just looking to sell. There's not that much interest to buy, price goes down. So these de significant decreases are so very easily explained. And when you start going into the data, looking at how many uh, shares are being sold at what times and at what volumes, you start recognizing, and Mark Cuban picked up, I think it was Mark Cuban that picked up on this, something called a short ladder attack. What that is, is when basically a couple of hedge funds realize, look, we're all holding the bags on the same stock that we've shorted greedily, way over what we should have, and we're all about to lose a lot of money. We're going to make it look like the stock is tanking. So what we're going to do is, for example, I'm going to I'm going to sell your hedge fund, David, uh, 30 shares, and you're going to sell right. 30 right back to me real quick. And we'll just make the price go way down. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll sell them to you really quickly for five cents less than you're going to send to sell to me for five cents less than what I sold. And we're just going to go uh, back and forth in, within a very specific time window. And if people and if the SEC bothers to look, they can see those trades happening over the last uh, two days. Now. What the, the, what the purpose of a short ladder attack is, is to trick the algorithms that other investment brokerages and, and, and other individuals using more sophisticated platforms is to trick their AIs into thinking that there's volume and that the volume is a massive sell-off. So what does the algorithm immediately do? It, it's programmed to say, look, if it drops 10% within two hours, to use an example, I'm going to sell 50% of the stocks or 100%, whatever. So the hedge funds start tricking other people's portfolios into selling their actual shares. And that's the point because the hedge funds want to buy actual shares because then they can give the share back they borrowed. They can, what's called covering their position. And maybe they're gonna lose money still, but it's better to lose a hundred bucks instead of 500 bucks a share. The problem with short ladder attacks is that they don't actually create real volume. If I owe someone a share and you owe someone a share, and I give you or I sell to you the share that I borrowed and you sell me the <laughs> share that you borrowed, no actual real new shares have been uh, transferred on the market. Well, there's no actual success here. You haven't actually covered your position. Exactly. All that we've accomplished is we've lowered the price in the hopes that other people, whether because their AIs have been tricked or because they're looking at it and they panic, what's called paper hands in, in mean terms. Yes. The, the, the item, the, their hands are weak because they're made of paper, so the <laughs> item falls through. I'm, I'm translating because I, I think, you know, I appreciate I like some of your, your listeners I may, like may your not uh, understand this stuff. And uh, I'm also getting older, so, you know, there's 20-year-olds explaining new memes to me, but whatever. <laughs> they, they force actual shares to be put into the market to be sold. And that's the whole point, and that's what we've been seeing. That's not being covered by the mainstream media. They're not going into this with, with due diligence saying like, hold on, this is what it looks like, but let's give a balanced reporting. Let's figure out who the stakeholders are, who, what the interests are, and try to understand what may be happening. Another thing that occurred on Monday, and again, this, this, this goes back to the theme that I'm trying to say, why is this important? They have gotten too greedy. They've jumped the shark and they have let the mask slip and everyone is seeing Wall Street for, for what we knew it was, but now we have 
Evidence. Dem- ed- like de- yes, demonstrative evidence in our time where no one can point to, oh, I, I, I didn't know. Like we can look at the trade logs for, for these shares. On Monday, uh, major, major news outlets started picking up this supposed story from the WSB uh, forum about, quote unquote, the silver play. That silver is at all-time depressed uh, uh, volumes and, and uh, value, and that that's the new thing that the but whole WS community. But that's so, true. So, so the fundamentals of that are absolutely true. Yeah. But that is and that is a long-term play. You, that is not something that you buy today because next week it's it's going to go up. No, no. At some point it's going to happen, and a lot of people are going to make a lot of uh, uh, money. That's my personal opinion, not financial advice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they put this story front and center. I think it was Sunday evening, and it went into into Monday morning. It was very strategically positioned. It wasn't Friday, so that the story could dissipate uh, over the weekend and no. for, be forgotten by Monday. Sunday evening, they do the appeal to authority. They say, "Look, these guys that are making all this money on GME, you know, remember it closed at four hundred something dollars on Friday or three hundred dollars on on Friday. This is their next stop. This is where they're going to go and make their next fortune next." When is when has the, the mainstream media ever done the regular guy or gal a favor and told them, hey, here's a really good stock hey, heads pick, up, heads guaranteed, up. <laughs> get, in, get in this while it's still hot. You know, let, let us do you a favor. Never, once, and they, they never will. Yeah, I, I, I read one of the articles. I kid you not, one of the uh, um, author names they used was Tyler Durden. The uh, uh, make make believe hero in uh, um, fight in club. fight club, like trying trying to use certain messaging, trying to frame it as a way like no, this is authentic. We're just reporting what we've seen on WSB's forums. They're about to switch into this, and you should switch into silver too. The whole point is what to get whatever buying power there's going to be this week on the, on Monday, and put it anywhere else, and put it in in a way that it would dilute that buying power and not allow individuals, because again, WSB is not coordinated. It's not one general saying, okay, everyone at two o'clock today, we buy GME or we buy AMC. It's literally just whoever is, has the best memes. Yes, yes. At this point, the, the argument is on who has the, the freshest uh, 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 memes. Uh, <laughs> so, so they start proliferating that idea. And sure enough, we wake up Monday morning, all kinds of silver-related companies, futures, uh, paper shares, they all go up 20%, 30%, 50%. What happened today? They're all down. Some yeah. of them a bit below whatever gains they made on Monday have been lost. That was the point. It's the, it's the again, and this is illegal. If you look at the SEC's rules, it's called a pump and dump. You're trying to release information to manipulate uh, individuals either to buy or sell. And depending on which direction is uh, beneficial to you, you do the opposite. Yeah. So not only did they, they loot the uh, 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 people's buying power, they also made a, a profit off of it. The other part they started doing, and this is, I think, last Friday, is they added 12 or 16 more companies to the list of restrictions. I, I may be incorrect here. To the extent that I'm aware, not all these companies actually are being shorted by, by these hedge funds. They include uh, Moderna, Starbucks. Who's the vaccine, Starbucks, for, for, for example. The point is to give the impression that these companies are also somehow on WSB's radar and that here's the opportunity before this whole community makes the switch into the next stock for you to get in early because they're going to make it go up 200, 300, 400%. Yeah. It's it's, it's using greed. It's it's psychologically brilliant. Like this is master level chess. This is definitely not, uh, although I think it's imprudent what they're doing in the long term. 
but with respect to their interests as the elite class, what they're doing in terms of trying to fight the battle of you know the last couple but, of days, ta- it is brilliant. Tactically, this is brilliant. Yes, they're, they're going to lose the yeah. They're going to lose the war, in my estimation, in the long term. But they're they've definitely won the battles in the last forty eight hours. So that gets us into where is this going? I genuinely believe now that people have seen one that Wall Street is willing to cheat, is willing to do whatever it takes, manipulate the media, manipulate the rules of the game, literally blocking you from being able to trade. There's this great uh, Twitter post from uh, GameStop, not Game, sorry, Game. Yeah, GameStop, uh, where they recited a meme from Robinhood in 2018, where Robinhood simply said in their tweet, let the people trade. And just GameStop just repeated that uh, meme in that like <laughs> and then they just had a meme with, a, with a shifty eye face, like, uh oh. <laughs> exactly. Uh, major celebrities, entrepreneurs like Elon Musk, major political figures from both sides, they are all coming forward and they're saying this is absolute BS. This is if not illegal, then immoral and uh, unethical. And there should be investigations. There, there's already been a couple class action lawsuits brought against Robinhood. And there's these arguments saying like, well, you know, these users signed the user agreement and the user agreement does say that they can choose to shut off your ability to sell or trade at any time. You're not entitled to buy or sell uh, stock on their platform. The, the counter argument to that is those provisions are meant to be used to alleviate, let's say if there's massive volatility in the whole market and they're trying to protect all investors, or let's say there's a technical issue with their platform and they just wanna make sure no one uh, loses money accidentally. Those are legit reasons. What is unprecedented is for platforms to say, we're only gonna pick these stocks, stocks that just happen to be the ones that we're losing money on, and we're only gonna restrict your ability to buy. Where is this going? I genuinely think that more and more individuals now are becoming comfortable with the stock market, not just from a perspective of now maybe they're going to participate. And again, invest, investing can be very risky, particularly if you're doing uh, derivatives. My personal opinion is do your own research, uh, do your own due diligence. Everything I've said here today should not be legal advice or financial advice, right? <laughs> right. Uh, but for a long time, that was perceived as something dangerous. And a lot of times people would say something uh, misconstrued like, well, what if I lose all my money? And, and, and that's that misconception of like, well, yeah, if you buy a derivative and your, your bet doesn't, your prediction doesn't pay off, you lose everything. But if you, but buy, if you buy a stock, stock, you still have the stock. You still have the asset. Yeah, you still have the house. The housing market can come back. You still have the asset. So I think people are starting to understand like, oh, WSB is telling me very clearly, buy the stock. Because buying is apparently different from puts and options and these shorts and that kind of stuff. So people are slowly being brought into it. They're learning the lingo. They're learning, and this is, this is some of the most important points. They're learning where the areas are that they can educate themselves. Individuals as podcasts or, or uh, uh, websites that they can go to for, for information. YouTube not just, channels. Yeah, YouTube channels. And not in the sense of, oh, where's the next uh, get rich quick tip kind of thing. But genuinely like, hey. But what are the companies of the future? And why are they? Like, some, of the, some of the details that these guys go through on these companies, like, I know more about Ryan Cohen than I know about like Sir John A. McDonald because I've been reading about him for the last three months, right? Yeah, like, we're, we're, we're absolutely in, in an age, and, I, and I'd be very interested for your thoughts on, on, on all this, where so much information is becoming available to individuals, particularly concerning companies, how, what the companies are doing, how well they're doing uh, from, from a, an investment standpoint, 
what are the opportunities? The price today is $20. What could it be in the future? This event, I think, has absolutely catalyzed people's interest in this kind of stuff. And especially for those who feel like there was no chance they were ever going to be able to get out of their situation doing their nine to five. Because the, they're like, wage. lottery tickets are too long of a shot. I don't understand the stock market. All I'm ever going to get is my paycheck that I saved my $500 a month in my RSP that says mutual funds that will grow 5%. And if I, if I follow the rules and I get to the end, I'll be okay. This is the story that was told, right? And here's the true story. There's been a lot of people that have been taking a lot of our wealth and this, I say this as one of the most right-wing people you'll ever meet. I'm, I'm right-wing of Stephen Harper in some way, right? <laughs> but, I, but I'll say this, and I, and I want to be very clear to everyone listening. These guys are corrupt. They are corrupt. They're cheaters. In any gentleman's sport, they would be disqualified. Their medal would be taken away because they are not playing fair. They're taking your money and they're mocking you with it because they know how to. And here's the best way to describe it. We have a friend uh, who is in a chat group of ours who easily gets emotionally excited when a stock goes up or down and has trouble holding on or, or holding, as we say. There are a lot of people like that. Most people, if they're if they're if they lose four thousand dollars in a day, let's say they're freak out. And they're like, I'll just cut my losses. I can't believe I lost four thousand dollars because they think that the market is gambling. And I want to be very clear. The market is not gambling. You are investing in real companies, real people, creating real things. That's what buying a stock is. Yes. Yeah. I, I, and I just want to echo some of those sentiments that, that you made. Like, I absolutely believe in the free market. And I want to put an emphasis on the word free. Proper yes. capitalism, which maybe existed for a couple of seconds somewhere in the Netherlands hundreds of years ago, <laughs> has become a crony capitalism, where basically it's either the, the you know very large companies or are the the investors that manage uh, funds for for the elite or the media or government, which always have one finger on the scales, yes. trying to figure out picking winners basically. No, oh, no, these guys should get the contract or. Uh, yeah, uh, these guys lost uh, everyone trillions of dollars and people don't have their homes, but we should give them the bailout. We shouldn't give stimulus checks to these individuals or we shouldn't buy their mortgages out for them so they can have some kind of... No, we, we got to make sure the that heads. the banks have their money. The bank, And this is Obama. Obama does this. Yeah. And God forbid these wealthy individuals aren't able to put the helicopter pad on the second yacht. Uh, well, you know, like, I mean, I, won't, won't someone think about the poor hedge fund owners? You know, who hasn't forgot a villa in France? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a pure Canadiana yeah. for you guys. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, no, well, so, Andre, that was incredible. I, I think everyone listening is going to be amazed by the order, orderly nature of your thoughts. And I don't, I don't know about it as orderly at that, this point. It says, that's frontline <laughs> reporting, folks. And the meme war is oh, reporting. Real. The, the, the meme war is real. So uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about this more. We'll probably have a part two of this. I think this thing's going to a thousand. That's not investment advice. That's just a feeling I have in my bones. So I like this stock. I like this stock. What is this week, what is happening this week, to, to use an analogy, this is the battle uh, for Minas Tirith. The Sauron's armies are at the gates led by the, the witch king of Angmar. And the only thing that can save uh, things from happening is for those traders that are trying to get onto new platforms, they're trying to get access to be able to buy. They are the Rohirrim. And it's a question of, are they going to get there in time? If they don't and the stock keeps going down, 
it's very likely that a lot of people will get afraid and they're just going to cut their losses. And if they do, over time, the hedge funds will be able to slowly withdraw, cover their positions, and this will uh, go out like a candle at night. But even like again, like I mentioned before, to close things up, even if that happens, that's not the point. People no. now understand that the stock market is not something to be afraid of. If they invest the time, they can learn what it's about. They can create new opportunities for prosperity. And this is for where themselves. capital. This is where capital and labor can become one, and this is how they do it. As a laborer, you can invest in the company you work for. If you work at Walmart, you can buy Walmart stock and it will go up because Walmart is an exceptional company, right? There's a lot of bad things about Walmart. It's destroying a lot of small businesses. But as far as a profit-making machine goes, Walmart is the top of its class, right? Yeah. Like, look, a, a lot of people are going to be left holding the bags. They are unfortunately going to lose uh, money uh, on this. Uh, and, and, and that is uh, regrettable. But the, the, the more important things are we are, I think, on the precipice of the democratization of finance. Where and that, that would both be one sides, of the yeah. things to ever happen. Yes. And it would be unprecedented with both sides of the political spectrum. And what's very interesting is when we had Occupy Wall Street, these politicians could look at the constituency they could be vying for to get their votes. Now it's all online. A lot of these people, you have no clue if they're Republican or, or, or Democrat, if they're American or posting from, from overseas. And yet they have a random some username and, and the politicians are still motivated. That's what's really crazy that they're will, that it's finally, despite, you know, that they may have received donations from certain interests. This has even pierced their blackened souls where even they're <laughs> like, you know what, this isn't right. This isn't right. I, I might be right. I might be left. But, you know, I'm going to reach across the aisle. I'm going to unite gonna on this we issue. we got to do something about this. we got to yeah. do something about this. That, that's what the real – it doesn't matter what happens to that's GME. The that's the final line. We, because we can't stop. We won't stop. Game stop. It was a pleasure, David. It was a pleasure having you on. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Canadian Story. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Story. That's the CAD story. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with your friends and family. Let's work together to remind Canadians how great their country is.